0: Good morning. Good morning. I'm going to have you turn to Acts chapter 3, the book of Acts. It's after all the Gospels. you people watching online i wasn't running away so i don't know where i went (laughs) if i had a title for what i want to share this morning is it's it would be a healing touch a healing touch and um power is one of the most sought after prizes that people desire Maybe that maybe they know the Lord or don't know the Lord. People seek for power. They like the authority of the power, and uh, they like to be in that place, and they inflict people, other people with that power, and it, and it causes problems in other people's lives. But there's a power uh, I want to talk about this morning that is an amazing power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's the power that was sent down after Jesus rose from the dead, um, and he told his disciples to wait for this power. That power is in every true believer that's born again. That's right. Jesus says, "Unless you're born again, you can't even see the kingdom of God. And it's that power, that spiritual rebirth, that you're sealed by the Holy Spirit when you put your faith in Jesus The Spirit of God comes into your life and this is what happened um, in the book of Acts the Spirit of God came and we just want to see what Jesus through the Spirit can do in people's lives this morning you may be thinking because I talk a little bit about this man who was healed sometimes healing is is a is something that we try to grasp at and we can't, some people try to put it in a box. You know, like, well, I prayed this, and it didn't happen, so I guess it wasn't God's will. Usually the answers are, uh, yes, I'm going to heal you. It may be very close to the time you pray, or it may be down the road as you wait on the Lord. So it's usually yes, no, or wait. And if it's no, sometimes it's because at that time it may be no. God has a purpose of what he's doing in your life. He's, he's drawing you closer to him. And um, I'm just trying to think of a, of, a, of a time to share this, but it kind of leads us in, and, it's, and I'm very hesitant to, to talk about myself or anything, but um, I remember, I think I, I shared with the church, it was a time where I woke up in the middle of the night and the Spirit was just saying miracles and healings. And um, that came after, in December, um, I had chronic, chronic, chronic uh, acute rhinitis, which is like hay fever, f- since I was like probably 26 years old. Tried all the medicines over the years, herbal stuff, you know, the non-drowsy. Nothing really worked for me, and um, I came to a point. I've been praying for decades, probably been over 40 years. God, I know you have the power to heal me, and I still believe you can heal me, and. Um, for some reason, out of nowhere, which I never did, let me go to an allergist, because I always knew like what I was kind of allergic to starting in March and take me all the way through probably October. And so I went to someone on Wilbraham Road. And um, I don't know what I was thinking in my mind, but I knew something was different. I felt different. And I went there. And um, they have these little square patches with these little Little needles in them and they uh, she put like four patches on me and I'm waiting to see like how many things I'm allergic to and she goes well nothing showed up so far and then um, she said we'll take the next step she gave me um, 11 shots of everything you can imagine she comes back and she says you're not allergic to anything (laughs) I was kind of stunned (laughs) in one way I'm thinking here's my mind thinking you mean all those years I just had colds and viruses, and that wasn't allergies? But then the Spirit said, "No, I just healed you. <laughs> Can you accept that healing?" Amen. Why did it take so long? <laughs> you know, I have no idea, and I can't give you an answer. All I know is that um, I had a feeling. I said, "Let me just test this out." That was like almost nine months ago. I went, uh, when we went to Florida, me and my wife, and uh, right in the middle of when their allergy season starts in February, nothing happened. I was perfect. Came back home, I said, okay, let's see what happens. Not doubting, but just I wanted to test this before I even say this. And I started in um, March, April, May, June, July, August. Really, probably a little bit of stuffiness, and that was it. And so, All I can say is, Jesus heals. And uh, I'm no better than you. I'm just like you. And so basically, it comes to the point where I know I prayed. And I know I asked over the years, and nothing would happen. And I just kept praying, because I know it's never the end. You never know. And so I just want to encourage you this morning, as we're going to see this morning, whatever is on in your life, whatever is going on in your life, in a moment of time, he can heal you. There's no, there's no schedule. It's, you know, don't try to figure it out. And if he doesn't in your timing, don't get frustrated because when he moves, he moves. And he heals. And he, and he heals, as one of the songs we're saying, Carrie was saying, he heals physically, but he, he heals spiritually and he heals emotionally. And so if you want to look here, um, Acts 3, we're going to just read some verses here. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked Asked them of alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them, looking to receive money from them. And Peter said, Silver and gold I don't have, but such as I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entering with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man, and as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's Great Wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, You men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Why do you look so earnestly on us, though by my own power of holiness, we have made this man walk. The God of Abraham, of Isaac and Jacob, and the God of our fathers has glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. Okay, I want to stop there. So the Holy Spirit comes down at Pentecost. It fills the believers. Power came down, power of God turned Despairing doubters into dynamic disciples. Something happened when the Spirit of God came into them. They were different. They weren't cowards anymore. They weren't running away like they did when, when Jesus was going through the trial. Everybody took off and left them. This, this, they were different. And this is what the Spirit of God um, can do in our lives. And I want to show you this morning the Spirit of God is not just for us to keep and to hoard and to make me feel comfortable, even though it does the spirit of god through us is to touch other people that's what the spirit of god does he wants to work through us it doesn't matter who you are what your personality is what kind of person you are because let me tell you um we're all saved by the grace of god there's no there's none righteous not one person and so god is willing and he will use us through his spirit to touch other people so don't disqualify yourself that that's not you you can't he challenges us to to let the spirit work through us to touch other people and it can happen in so many different ways it enabled the disciples to reach out and touch the human needs and this is the church's first recorded miracle what happened right here this man was healed and i was thinking you know i'm sure jesus walked through that way and walked by that temple and that man was there And for whatever reason, Jesus didn't heal him. But here comes Peter, and in a time and a place that God had already planned, this man looked up, Peter fastened his eyes on him, and he was healed right there. That's God's timing. That's how God works. Our ways are not his ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He does what he wants, when he wants, and how he wants to do it. You just have to humble yourself in that place and not argue with God, like, why and how come, even though he knows we're human, he knows we all do it, but then we come back to that place where he's still in control, he's still Lord. And so Jesus is now working through his followers. As one person has said, no hands but our hands, no voice but our voice, no feet but our feet, He he entrusted us with this. Yes, God can do sovereignly, move on people and do things, but for whatever plan God has, he's working through his disciples, through his people. That's us. Because why why in 1 Corinthians 3, why is there rewards for believers? Because you're faithful to what he's called you to do. I don't know what he's called you to do I have enough problems trying to figure out what he wants me to do. All I know is he's got a plan, and he's got a purpose, and he wants to use us. And so sometimes what happens is, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, what happens is there's an exclusive subculture, you know, you hear people, and I've been around people, and I've seen people, and I, I get it. It's just like, okay, have you been so-and-so with the Spirit? Has this happened to you in the Spirit? What, what is this, you know? And then there's different groups of people and different clubs of people that you don't fit into. I've been, I've seen that stuff. I've been around that stuff. And it's like, that's not the question. The question is, what are you doing since the Holy Spirit has filled you with what you talk about? You talk a good story, but Basically, what are you doing for the Lord with that Holy Spirit? Not do I, don't I, you know, all these questions that brings confusion, and I'm not here to get into that, but you, you know what I'm talking about. Are you charismatic? Are you not charismatic? I don't see any of that in the Bible. I just, hear, I just see the Holy Spirit and people that have the Holy Spirit and what they're able to do when they submit to God in His Spirit, and God can do incredible things through us. So the question should be, has the Spirit's filling given you a ministry, reaching out to others? He has a ministry for every single one of us. Every single one. There's not, well, I'm call, qualified, you're not. No. I'm not qualified to do what you're going to do, and you're not qualified to do what I'm going to do. But am I, am I in that place where the Spirit's filling has brought me to that place where I'm able to do that. So one person says, sometimes it's easier to share with the down and out rather than the up and out. It's easier to sometimes share with people who are down and out because, man, it's like you're, you're you're in a tough place here, and I can help you. How about the up and outs, the people that we get intimidated by the successful so-called people who you look by sight and you're intimidated by them because it looks like they have everything all together. And the truth is they're still human and they still have the deep needs like we do, like anybody else does. And so Pentecost is for the sake of the world to enable us to reach out and touch others. So we see here in the text the power of God healing a human life which should motivate us to find opportunities to minister to hurting people. There's hurting people everywhere. And where, where am I going to go to find them? What made Peter stop when he stopped? why did he stop there? There's tons of other beggars there, too. Not just this, this man. What made him stop was the Spirit of God. Stop here, and this is the one. I know you've experienced it. I've experienced that. I don't know what made me do what I did and why I stopped and talked to this person, but God knew. And that person had a need. So we're his hands, we're his feet, and he chooses to use us. There's nothing more exciting than having God use you. And if if that hasn't happened, try it. Just be willing to see what God can do in your life to help other people. What happens is we get too self-centered. We get too much on ourselves. And we're, we're so focused. And the enemy goes, yeah, you better, you better take care of yourself. And I'm not saying we shouldn't take care of ourselves. But what I'm saying is it's always all about ourselves, And it's not about him. And the opportunities are there. There's going to be rejections, even for the ones that God tells you to speak to, there's going to be rejections. This man didn't reject. Well, he kind of rejected in a way we're going to see. But the first point here is there's a human tragedy. The misfortune of this man. Crippled from his birth. And I know people here that can relate to this. What, what kind of life did he have? He was brought to the temple daily just to beg to survive. Every day to the temple. And, you know, it it should make you think of, you know, the reality of tragedy in life. Reminds us of human hurt and suffering. It's everywhere. It can be covered up in different ways. But people um, sometimes people are crippled emotionally, sometimes it can be worse than the physical. Because the mind, it's the center of our thinking. And when our mind gets crippled, we, sometimes it causes people to get saved, they cry out to God. Other times with believers, it's a difficult place to be in. All I know is, there's ways to help that, that the world has. I know that God can just rearrange the synapses in your brain and connect things and heal. When I think of, when I think of David White, I don't, I don't know if he's here this morning, when I think of the place that you heard his testimony where he's been, um, and we, we would see that, and, and he can give you his testimony of the extreme emotional turmoil he went to and here he is now a therapist. I say praise the Lord. How did that happen? Healing. And so we see here in verse two that a certain layman was brought to this temple to the gate which is called beautiful. As I read, it's made from Corinthian bronze and decorated with gold. A good place to beg, because people that went in there had things, had, had money probably. and so. But isn't it a contrast? Bronze, gold, and here's the, the crippled man. What a contrast. In the midst of all that, here's someone. In the midst of all that, sometimes it's our coworkers, our friends, our neighbors appear outwardly OK, yet inwardly struggling with problems with their kids, with their finances, with their health. It's the same thing. We're, we're in it. looks like a nice, serene world at times, and then yet within it, there's people that are suffering. It's overwhelming, naturally speaking. All I know is I can't do any of this, and, and if you're honest, you can't do any of this. It's the grace of God that gives us the power to do this. That's the bridge between us and situations. I can't do it, and God says, right, you can't. But my power in you, the Spirit can, and you'll make the bridge to get over to help that person. That's how the Spirit operates. When you come down to it, all of us need healing in one way or another. I know, I mean, I'm sure some of us have more scars than others, depending how long you lived without Christ and the things that you did. You know, there's pleasure in sin, but it's for a season. After a while, you realize the scars that it's put on you mentally, how you think, how you look at situations. And for someone who didn't grow up in that environment, maybe they don't have as many scars. But we all all have scars to a degree. And I know that for me, I'm sure for you, there had to be a lot of healing just to get to the place where I could possibly think straight. But that's what the Holy Spirit does. It gives you the power to do that. You've got to remember that. Because what we do is we take, on, we take all this on in our own strength and you fail and you fail and you fail and it, it can't be done. And that's God just telling you, that's right, you can't do it. That's why you have me. Amen. I'm able to do it through you. We all need a heavenly touch from God. That's the second point. This this man needed the power of Pentecost made available to him. Just think about the scenario here. This man was not at Pentecost, so he didn't even know what any of this was about. Didn't know what was going on, oblivious to the gospel, couldn't even get to a church, if there was one. He was on the outside. There was no chance that this person, we would think, could ever be reached. And yet God had his eye on him. There's people that aren't here now. They will be here in the future, that are out there, that are on the outside, probably looking in, no clue of what's going on. But God will draw you to people like that, that inside, if they're searching, if they're searching for him. That that gives you encouragement just to know that it's not about you, it's about God. Are you available to God to let Him do that in your life? Because that's His heart. You read through the Gospels, Jesus was moving and stopping and healing and delivering. And even in times like, no, I can't stay any longer here, I gotta keep moving, he was always about the Father's business. So ask, I ask myself that question, you ask yourself the question, am I about my father's business? Or am I about my own business? Well, my business and his business too. Yeah, we do have business to do, but I'm saying you're totally open to like, what is it you want me to do here? Where do you want me to go? Am I supposed to be over here? Oh, this person I'm talking to right now, you want me to tell them something? You, and it's not more or less the mind, it's the Holy Spirit within you prompting you. That's where the connection takes place the brain and the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden you begin to realize man, the thing I was thinking, that was the Spirit. That's what He wanted me to do. That's how Peter stopped. And that's why he stopped. So we see here the messengers were Peter and John. They encountered this man, and what does he do? He asks for money. What was Peter and John's motivation? They saw the opportunity to minister the touch of God and to share what they had received. They saw the opportunity. Recognize the opportunity. The more you do it, the more you recognize the opportunity. It can be one word out of someone's mouth in a sentence that you see something, you see an opening there. You know? Man, the world's really messed up now, isn't it? I mean, that's like served on a platter, right, when someone says that? Yeah, you're right, but guess what? And then you just go as the Spirit tells you what to say. I think there's a lot of opportunities right now because people are hurting. I'm going to listen to this. This is one person says. Jesus works through those who look and see the desperate need of suffering and will obey him. Let me say it again. Jesus works through those who look and and see the desperate needs of the suffering and are willing to obey him to do something. He's looking for people who are looking for those things. Those are the people that he's gonna work through. Are you looking for those opportunities in the needs of other people? Let's face it, we're all selfish and self-centered. That's just human nature. That's just the flesh. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. That's how you Walk this walk, controlled by the Spirit of God. For some of you, maybe that's a whole, it's a whole new concept. You're used to, I, I'm a Christian. Yep, I go to church, and it ends there. It's just kind of like you go and live your life, you work, and you, however you behave. I'm not saying everybody. I'm just saying that's how it is sometimes. And so what happens is it's way bigger than that. He's put you where you are to work, He's put you in these situations for a reason. I'm where I am, and you are where you are. And he's got the plan. If you're the right person to talk to somebody, you're going to be in the right place to do it. To share what much has been given to us And so God, I I believe, especially in the United States, much has been given, churches everywhere, Bibles everywhere, able to meet. Much is given, much is required. What can I do? Sometimes it's frustrating. I find it very frustrating in the United States compared to being in China, where people are hungry. Here, um, there's some people that are hungry and a, a lot of people who aren't. But you've got to be able to... Work past that. Otherwise, you get discouraged after being rejected so many times. But that doesn't, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting him. And God is giving them opportunities. Opportunities. He's knocking on their door and he's using you. Hey, if you feel frustrated, just think of Noah. Preached for 120 years, not one person came to believe. Just him and his family. That's amazing, isn't it? And yet he was faithful what God called him to do. And so this man was oblivious to the gospel. And I was just thinking the attitudes of many today, they're hurt and they're in silence. They don't tell anybody about it. Not willing to share their thoughts. Definitely not going to a church because they feel they're going to get judged. So they're like the same situation. that is all around us and the healing touch of Jesus. I was thinking this morning like our words. Our words can, the tongue is like a fire. It can burn people, it can can cripple people, or it can edify people, it can encourage people. And so our tongue has a healing power, just the words that we say. Someone may say something to you today that you desperately needed to hear and it was soothing to you. That's why you got to come to church because you're not going to get that all alone. The Lord can do it. That's that's the main thing. But coming together, and even with masks on, we can still talk. (laughs) We can still, you know, we can't see the smile, but we can see the eyes and we can hear the words. This man wanted money, but Peter knew what he really needed. That's what it is with people. They're going to tell you what they need, what they think they really need, but you know what they really need. And that's the confidence you can have. I have a confidence, and I'm sure you have a confidence. What I have is what they need. And I am sure that 100% because I've been where they were, and I know what that's like. And I know what we have is what they need. You've got to be be confident in that. You've got the answer to life. You've got the purpose for living. Healing comes through salvation and the physical or emotional healing. It's both together. That's what happened to the man. He was healed. He got salvation and he was healed physically. You get both. Salvation is the starting point. The great need of the hour is to see the needs of the world and to fix our attention upon them. That's a challenge. Sometimes we're trying to survive. But what if if these are like the last days, really? And what if it's really limited time that we have? We didn't think this was going to come, the pandemic. What's going to come next to try to stifle what's going on or God's got a plan and are we ready and are we doing what he wants us to do? I don't, I don't know, but what if? Peter had a sure confidence and expect, an expectancy and a genuine faith that God would help him meet the need. Let me say that again. Peter had a sure confidence and expectancy and a genuine faith that God would help him to meet the need, and also a willingness to act. Peter knew and was confident that God was going to be able to meet that person's need through him. He was bold in that. He was confident in that. That's the way we have to be. Bold and confident, not myself, but in him, and I'm willing to do what he tells me to do. Peter was sure of that. Peter, the coward who went away, now is doing this. He's preaching and he's, he's healing. You have what is needed by God's grace. You have everything you need for godliness. It's inside you. There's, you're looking for something more. You're not going to find it. You have everything you need to do what God wants you to do. We just have to be willing to submit to Him and obey Him and be led by the Spirit. Let me tell you, there's, there's no difference in life between not doing that and doing it. When you do it, there's no greater joy than see that God is using you. He's using me, a weak instrument, as a messenger to talk to somebody, to help someone, to pray for someone. Would we have chosen that plan? Probably not cuz we think we're fair, we're weak. Why would God do this? He stuns us with his wisdom. So no one can take glory. None of us, it's him. We just have to cooperate. Reach out. A heavenly touch comes from human messengers. First Samuel 16:7. But the Lord said to Samuel, "Do not look on his appearance or the height of his stature, because I have rejected him." I'm talking about Saul. For the Lord sees not as man sees; man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. We look at, whoa, you know, well, I don't know if I want to talk to them or help them. I'm looking by sight. God sees the heart; He sees the heart of somebody. You ever talk to somebody you go, and they go and they come back and go? You know, what you just said, it's like what I'm going through. How did you know that? I didn't know that. God knew that. It's, It's supernatural. It's powerful. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what's inside of you. That's what... God can do incredible things through our lives through a church. Peter said, What I have, I give to you. I need money. And Peter's Peter's thinking, you need more than money. You need salvation. And on top of it, you're going to get healed. How many people do you meet? They think, you know, this is what I need. No, that's not what you need. (laughs) That's not going to help you. What you really need is this. John 4 35. Do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. In Romans 15, 1. We are strong, have an obligation to bear the the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. That's what the scriptures say. We that are strong aren't supposed to just keep my strength to myself, it's to help the weak. That's why God made you strong to help the weak, to lift them up. And there's times where you're going to be weak and someone strong is going to lift you up. I know it's happened to me. It'll happen to you. But do do you really, yeah. When you relate to people, especially in a church, you get to know people. You can even look at someone know they're going through something and you know they're in a weak spot. And so we that are strong bear the infirmities of the weak, we help them. Because that's the heart of Jesus. That's... That's what he does. We must take care to develop our own spiritual life if we need to impart to others. You have nothing to give someone if if you're in a place where you're weak and down yourself. So that's why we have to keep growing and developing, I don't care how long you've been a believer, getting stronger so that we have something to impart to somebody. You know what it's like when you're not in that place and you're trying to help somebody? You're overwhelmed. You don't have what it takes to do what they, to give them what they need. That's why we have to stay in that place where we're in his word, we're praying, we're at church, we're doing the things that God says, the basic things, to stay in that place. Not perfect, not sinless, but we're, we're picking ourselves up. We keep moving forward. And uh, we're in a place where I've got something to offer to somebody spiritually. That's not just for, you know, pastors. That's for everybody. And we can do it. You can do it. Because it's his power in you that does it. And... I just said that we must take care to develop our spiritual life if we are to impart to others. You want to impart to others? Your spiritual life has to be in that place. We need the Holy Spirit's power to touch lives with the presence of God. I don't know how all that works, but all I know is when you step into a situation and the Holy Spirit's guiding you, the presence of God all of a sudden is in that place. They don't even know what's happening. The presence of God comes right in That's The Spirit is His presence. You walk into a situation, the presence of God is there. Things can happen. They may reject it. That's not your business. God just marks it down as another rejection for them, not for you, but we're just called to go forward. And the last point, a healing transformation. When a heavenly touch, listen to this, when a heavenly touch encounters a human tragedy, The result is a healing transformation. Let me say that again. When a heavenly touch, us, encounters a human tragedy, the result is a healing transformation. Things happen. People are transformed. What happened with him? He jumped to his feet. He started praising God and leaping up. Something happened there. Everybody was probably stunned, looking around. What is going on? Peter encourages him to take a step of faith. Get up. You've been healed. God does that in our life sometimes. There'll be a time and a place where, you know, I was thinking this morning, we're all quick to run to a doctor real fast when something's going wrong. I find myself more and more quick to lay hands on myself and pray for God to heal me like right there. And what I found is that those things that were bothering me like two days ago are gone. Is that a coincidence? No, you're coming by faith and believing that he's able to do that. So in closing, a touch from God can liberate us so we can liberate others. God liberates us so that we can liberate others. That's what it's all about. I get it, I pass it on. Really, we have, we've been empowered for the sake of people. These spiritual gifts that you have as a believer, you all have at least one spiritual gift. Why do you have those gifts? You have those gifts for the sake of other people, not to keep it to yourself and to hoard it. That's what he gave it to you for, for others. It challenges all of us the needs all around us, what I find is if we give our time and friendship to others, their ears will be opened. Let me say it again. Give our time and friendship to people, sometimes that's the first step. Become, you're friendly to somebody, you open up yourself, that opens up them to receive what you're going to say. If you're grumpy and you're rude and you're that kind of a person, that doesn't open any doors. They don't want to really be around you. I'm going to stop there. Um, for those watching online, you can, you can see this closing song in the, um, on Facebook. But for us, uh, I'm going to have you stand. Um, I, I saw this song, and it's, it's, it's done by some Messianic worshipers, and it's in, uh, believe it or not, it's in Jerusalem, and it's in the, uh, the Temple of David. And so you're going to be able to pick up the the song and sing with it, and um, I found it very encouraging. You can get the lights.